Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome back to this episode of the Make Disciples Podcast. My name is Dan Rober, and today I have the special privilege of uh, being joined in the podcast studio uh, by Adina Thompson. Now, Adina Thompson is Ritual Vice President of the Congregation Shomre Torah, which is a conservative Jewish synagogue here in Tallahassee. It's over on uh, Cary Forest Parkway, if you're familiar with that side of town. Uh, she's a frequent lay leader at the synagogue and is inspired by the leadership of her father, the late Rabbi Dr. Yaakov Thompson. And uh, Adina grew up in a Sabbath observant home and credits her love of reading to the Sabbath afternoons of her childhood spent with books. And uh, we'll talk a little more about how you can contact Adina later on. But Adina, thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled that you are joining us. And uh, the reason why we're together is uh, because uh, you come from a, a Jewish background and lead uh, or participate in the leadership of the Jewish congregation. And I think you have a lot to teach us about this concept of rest and Sabbath, which is a, a more central concern within Judaism than uh, frequently we do in our Christian tradition. So let me start with an open, broad question. At a practical level, how do you distinguish Sabbath from the other days of the week? The absolute single most important thing that I do that makes that differentiation, that makes one day a week holy for me, is turning off my phone. Ooh, I go convicting. fully screen-free and it is the wonders that it does for my mental health, the atmosphere that it creates in my home. Mm. It changes everything. Traditionally in Judaism, the practice of Sabbath, of Shabbat in Hebrew, is based on abstaining from 39 articles of work. That practice comes from, uh, in the Bible, when the Jews were preparing the tabernacle, there were 39 kinds of work. Things like tying a knot, untying a knot, lighting a flame. Uh, things that we don't really think about as much, like threshing wheat. Uh, but there's this list of 39 things. And from those, we derived all of these practices that strict Jewish adherence to Sabbath refrain from. Things like using electricity or driving in a car, watching television, things like that. And for me, I grew up in a home that participated in the full gamut of Sabbath observances. But for me, as a person who needed to bring religion and practice into my real daily life, I found that and putting my phone in a drawer just changes everything for me. And it's become joyful. Uh, it's that moment where I can, I can hit do not disturb and it's gone. And I actually find that uh, when Shabbat is over, when Sabbath is over at sundown on Saturday, we typically observe a traditional Jewish Sabbath is an hour before sundown Friday until uh, full darkness on Saturday. I find that when it's time to end Sabbath, I'm a little bit disappointed. Mm. I don't so much like the idea of, of picking my screen back up. And so I think that is the biggest part of my observance. I also try not to schedule things. Mm. It is a day when I don't use an alarm. It is a day when I dive deep into books. I take walks. I spend time with the people I care about. Sometimes I go to synagogue, rest. I really and truly rest. And I think that's something that we don't do nearly enough. Even when we're meant to be resting, even when we get in bed at night, a lot of us still have our phones on our nightstands next to us. Alerts are still beeping. So it's one day where there are no digital dings. 
There's no calendar alert. There's nowhere I have to be. There's nothing I have to do. So I can just be. Yeah. I love the amazingly uh, natural, practical aspect of that. We can feel like, uh, quote unquote, religious things to do are separate from our normal everyday lives. But the idea of just giving up things that have become such a part of our lives, like screens, is a very natural way to help us refocus on other things and to consider uh, a distinction in our time between one day and the rest of the week on those other things that we do. A little convicting too, by the way, because uh, just setting aside that phone would be a little difficult for me. Uh, it's something that I need to do more, definitely, uh, but it's a certainly important thing. Let's talk about uh, this religious aspect, living out your Judaism. How would you say the Sabbath helps you live out your Jewish uh, culture and your religious identity? One of the things I find is that it's it's kind of a public-facing practice in that if I am not scheduling things, if I'm unavailable, if I'm not answering messages, the people that know me not only know that I'm not doing that, but know why I'm not doing that. And so it's a way for me to affirm and assert the religious tradition that is important to me. And I think that by engaging in this, this one day of separation, I am not only doing something that is healthy for my mental health, my well-being, but it's also a way to say that as a Jew, this is how I practice. Hmm. And regardless of what might come up on Saturday, I'm going to find a way to incorporate this each and every Saturday. The other thing that I've noticed is that by bringing this practice, and I wasn't always, um, as an adult, I wasn't always someone who observed the Sabbath. It came back into my life. Hmm. I find that it makes it easier and more, more in the forefront of my mind to participate in other practices. Uh, I find that observing Sabbath for me and uh, adhering to uh, dietary rules go hands in hands in a way. And so I find that as my Sabbath observance uh, has become a bigger part of my life, my desire to uh, keep a certain kind of diet in accordance with Judaism has become a bigger part of my life. It makes me more aware. Something that I've noticed is I'm a person who, prior to picking up my morning cup of coffee, remembers to say a blessing on that cup of coffee. And so there's this sense of awareness. And I think that that has helped me participate more fully in Jewish life. It also has freed me up to participate in a literal sense in Jewish life. Mm. If I'm not scheduling my day, I'm available to be of help to the Jewish congregation here. I'm available to lead services. I'm available to sit and have a long lunch with my fellow congregants after the service. And and that's really what we're going for, is to have that space in our lives. And Judaism has created this space, and I feel lucky that I, I get to take advantage of that. That's great. So you're coming from a Jewish tradition. We're talking primarily to a Christian tradition, but regardless of the religious tradition, if someone wanted to make this idea of rest and Sabbath more a part of their life, how would you encourage them to do that? What would you have them think about or uh, do to make it part of their lives? I think first, we remember that this doesn't have to be a solely religious practice, mm. nor does it have to be a practice that is attributed to any one faith. As Jews, we do it as part of our core practices. But the idea of separating, of pulling out of the stream of daily life is universal. It depends how deeply a person might want to go. I would suggest if you are a person who feels really attached to your phone or your schedule, 
take one hour one day a week, just one hour, see what it feels like. And as that space opens up, as that quiet opens up, if you're called to do more, that's wonderful. It can be something as simple as for the first hour when I wake up on whatever day of your choosing. It doesn't have to be Saturday. For me, it's Saturday. You know, maybe it's not Sunday either. Whatever day it is, make that space. If it is making space in the morning for just a few minutes of prayer, if it is making space in the morning for just a few minutes of journaling, whatever it is that makes a small bit of time separate and holy, it opens something up. And so the practice can start as small as somebody wants to. And if somebody who doesn't really feel called to a religious tradition wants to participate in leave-taking of any kind, it doesn't even have to be religious. Maybe it's about spending the first hour of one day journaling and walking your dog. It's less about the religious observance and more about making something separate. Hmm. And I think that separateness, someone told me that um, when we treat things like they're special, they actually become special. So if you guard your time, whatever time it is that you pick, if you guard that time as your own personal Sabbath, your own personal leave taking, whenever it is, and with whatever practice you choose to use to make it special, that's an amazing place to start. If you treat something as special, it becomes special. I really like that. I did too when I heard it. Yeah. Uh, finally, is there uh, any resources that you would uh, say have been helpful for you as you thought about this? Absolutely. So funnily enough, it was about a week ago that you had uh, contacted uh, our congregation about this podcast. On the same day that you and I corresponded, I found this book. It's called 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. It's by the author Tiffany Schlein. And it is about a Sabbath practice independent of whatever, whatever your faith tradition might be or whether or not you have one. And she advocates for something that she calls tech Sabbath. It is the idea that because we are so plugged in all the time, taking one day a week to actively disengage and unplug can actually make us so much more effective the other six days a week. Hmm. I've been reading this book over the last week, and I find what she has to say compelling, and it speaks to me. It speaks to me both as a Jewish person and a person who has a Sabbath observance, but also as a person who's so plugged in in the modern world. I think she's insightful. So that's 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week, Tiffany Schlain, S-H-L-A-I-N. Wonderful. And we'll make sure to put that in our show notes as well so that people know where to find that. Well, this has been very helpful. Uh, so Adina, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you. Um, and thank you for listening to our Make Disciples podcast as well. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. My thanks to Katherine Eckhart, the producer of this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida.